Hey guys, and welcome to the first ever episode of Hello Mr. Burns, a research podcast aiming to uncover the weird, the wacky, and the wonderful world of The Simpsons. I am the smart. My name is Perry, and I love The Simpsons so much that I decided to make a podcast where, well, where I get to prattle on about the show without being interrupted or politely asked to leave the party. <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. Really, thank you so much for listening. Make yourself comfy for this first ever episode. So a little bit about the show. The Hello Mr. Burns podcast is a research podcast. This means that every week I'm going to be looking at a different episode of The Simpsons starting from season one, episode one. You see, Simpsons episodes are littered with weird facts, obscure references, pop culture moments and Wikipedia rabbit holes that are just too good to ignore. Oh, Mr. Plough, that's my name, that's name again is Mr. Plough. I'll be doing one episode of The Simpsons per podcast episode, and I'll also be briefly touching on character development and spicy behind-the-scenes gossip from the writer's room. I'll be starting with Season 1, Episode 1, and working my way through. So that being said, this first episode, well... It's going to be a little bit different from the other podcast episodes. This is going to be the origin episode, and it's where we examine how The Simpsons came to be. If you do want to skip ahead to season one, episode one, please, by all means, go ahead. But for this origin episode, I'm going to be popping your cherry by telling you exactly how an edgy 80s furry comic book led to a TV series stretching over 32 seasons with a franchise worth an estimated 12 billion dollars. Not bad for a fairy comic book, am I right? So the name of the genius behind The Simpsons and my lord and saviour is Matt Groening. So as a side note, I totally had to look up how to say his name because my entire life, I've just kind of mumbled through it. I've just been like, oh, Matt Groening, Matt Groening. You're saying it wrong. It's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Um, but yeah, so it's graining as in like 50 shades of gray. Alrighty, let's have a look and see how The Simpsons was created. We begin our journey in a magical faraway kingdom known as Los Angeles. The year is 1977 and in a plotline extremely similar to Coyote Ugly, we meet a plucky young 23 year old graining who's decided to pack his bags and move to the big city in the hopes of becoming a famous writer. While Groening worked a couple of jobs and waited for his big break, he decided to make a comic book strip he called Life in Hell. It was loosely inspired by a chapter in Walter Kaufman's book, Critique of Religion and Philosophy, and featured anthropomorphism and a lot of human bunny love that is a little bit weird. During this time, Groening managed to nab a job at the Los Angeles Reader, which was a brand new alternative newspaper. Remember that this was the early 80s, where you could literally just walk into the building of a newspaper, ask to speak to the editor, and they'd say this. I like your attitude. You're hired. Groening was asked to write a weekly music column called Sound Mix, and he took this role incredibly seriously. Basically, he bullshitted and made up every single thing he wrote. He'd write fake interviews with made-up bands, he discussed non-existent concerts he'd been to, beef between artists. He literally just pulled it out of thin air to fill the word count. What an absolute visionary, I tell you. Oof. Groening's wonderfully 80s girlfriend and co-worker Deborah Kaplan offered to publish his comics into a book called Love is Hell, where the bunny characters explored themes such as love, sex, and relationships. 
the book became an underground success, selling 22,000 copies in the first two printings and actually continued in print all the way up until 2012. After Groening ended the strip, the Center for Cartoon Studies commissioned a poster that showed tribute cartoons by 22 other influential cartoonists who said that they were influenced by the Life in Hell and Love is Hell book. So you might be asking yourself, why is she talking so much about a weird, whiny 80s comic? I'm glad you asked my patient, pal. It's because Life in Hell and these creepy human bunnies actually pop up a lot in The Simpsons. And cue X-Files theme song. Hey, you ever wondered why Marge has that hair? You know the hair I'm talking about. Big, blue, tall, fabulous. That's because originally, Greening planned to have the show finale as a giant reveal, where Marge would pull her hair aside and giant bunny ears would pop up. If you're super nerdy, really old, and you've got at least one bad knee, you might have seen her bunny ears in the Simpsons arcade game. So Greening kept this little secret about Marge having bunny ears up his sleeve, but he did reveal in later interviews that he decided to tell this, this grand reveal to co-creator Sam Simon. Simon apparently stared at him in disbelief, and then flipped out, shouting that it was an inconceivably stupid idea and they would never be using it. Someone on Twitter did point out that maybe this is why The Simpsons has been stretched out to 30 plus seasons. Maybe every time a network executive says, hey guys, maybe we should finish the show and write the final episode, one of the writers pulls him aside and explains the big bunny reveal and the exec is like, huh, I see, never mind. Anyway, back to our coyote ugly graining. Life in Hell did catch the attention of Hollywood writer-producer and Gracie Films founder, James L. Brooks. Gracie Films, by the way, is... Bumper at the end of the episodes. Brooks contacted Graining and asked him if he'd sign over Life is Hell so he could use the comic as a short on the Tracy Ullman show. Graining did not like that. No, no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. He didn't want anyone else touching his super edgy fairy comic book. So how did Groening get to keep his precious comic and create a billion dollar franchise? Well, there's a few myths surrounding this bit. It's kind of like a Rashomon effect, so choose who you want to believe. Producer Garth Ancia said that Groening had created the characters at home and brought them into the office the next day. Producer Phil Roman said that Groening sketched out the characters in the car on the way to the meeting. Graining, who is forever the drama queen, says that he completely panicked and sketched out his idea for The Simpsons while waiting in the lobby of Brooks's office for the pitch meeting. Uh, I could pull a better cartoon out of my ear. <laughs> hey, whoa! Wasn't that great, kids? The original sketches were based off his own family. So Matt Graining's mum's name is actually Marge. His dad is called Homer and he has two sisters, Maggie and Lisa. He decided to substitute his name with the name Bart, which was an anagram for brat. That last bit does kind of scream procrastinating an idea before a big pitch meeting. Luckily, Fox loved the idea, and the show was a go. So now we get into the animation disaster, and why earlier episodes of The Simpsons kinda look like they've been going for morning dips in the pool at Chernobyl. To animate the shorts, Fox did what any good giant, billion dollar, large corporation with a lot of money does. They searched for the cheapest, smallest budget animation house and found Klasky Chupo. So that name might be familiar if you've ever watched the following shows. Rugrats, Are Real Monsters, The Wild Thornberries, Rocket Power, as told by Ginger, all grown up. Um, actually, might be easier to just play. This is the bumper. 
The way that this was supposed to work was that Greening was going to submit final sketches and um, the animation team would pretty much just trace those characters. Of course, Greening being Greening sent the crappy sketches that he'd done last minute in the lobby. And of course, the animation team rolled with it. When production got the finalized episodes back from the animation house, they almost had a meltdown. The animation was so bad, so, so truly horrendous that the producers straight up said that if the animation house couldn't make it look better in time for airing, the entire show would just be scrapped. In a rush job that no doubt put the animators under great strain and stress, most of the episodes were redesigned to look better. The producers weren't completely happy and after reviewing the episodes again, found that one single episode that was originally set to be aired much later on in the season was the best of the worst. The writers should be ashamed of themselves. Cartoons have writers? Eh, sort of. Oh yeah, well you and I could write a better cartoon than that. That episode was aired on December 17th, 1989, and would go down in history as the first, and the worst, episode of The Simpsons. And that, my dear friends, is where we will pick back up next episode as we delve into episode one of The Simpsons. So thank you so much for listening, guys. I know this episode is going to be a little bit different to the others, but it's fun to learn about how Matt Groening is probably a certified furry and procrastinated his way to success. See, guys, I always say planning never pays off. Anyway, my name is Perry. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, keep watching the skis.